I'm Asam, and welcome to another 9320 transfer special. Um, I'm delighted to be joined by Sam Lee. We're going to talk about some of the players who might be leaving, and of course, we'll be talking about some of the players who might be coming in. But before we get there, we have a little piece of news for you, our audience, that we want to deliver. We hope you're all sitting down. As of next season, so the start of the, the season upcoming in August, 9320 Podcast will become a subscription-only service that will cost you, our listeners, £4 a month. We're still in the process of putting together the infrastructure to that. Uh, to, but the only thing that you need to know is that the Friday show, so the preview shows that we do, will remain free. Everything else, all the review shows, all the interviews that we do, all the transfer shows, they'll all be behind the paywall and they will cost £4 a month. Uh, we will bring you more news on this as we have it, but we just wanted to forewarn you now so that nobody says to us in August, where did that come from? Anyway, on that note, Sam, welcome. Thanks very much, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right, thanks. Just, just waiting for everything to, to kick off. It doesn't seem to have quite exploded just yet, but... We should be getting there. Come on, give the lads a chance to get back from their international breaks. You know what I mean? They all they only they finished sh- last night. Yeah, but you're telling me they can't come to Manchester for 24 hours? <laughs> what, and make you all look... Come on, they'll be making yeah, no, it really I'm, easy. I'm, you know I'm I mean? just being as impatient as everyone else, to be honest. I just want to get, I know, want I, to get these ticked off. I understand, I understand. Well, look, before we start talking about these incomings... Um, I wanted to do this pod because I wanted to talk about two or three of the outgoings and just kind of get your thoughts on what the lay of the land is. Uh, the obvious one, uh, the big one to start with for me is is the future of Joe Hart. Now, obviously, he has no future at City. Yeah. What do you think he? What What do you think the future holds for him? Firstly, uh, do you think he'll get a Premier League club next season? Yeah, I think. Well. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about West Ham at the moment, and it's it's always it's always difficult to just to pin just to pin everything on the one club that's being linked at any given moment, and especially so when that's West Ham. But I, I think I think he wants to come back to England, doesn't he? He's always whenever we spoke about Torino, he said you know he, he enjoyed it kind of thing, but I always get the feeling he wants to come back. Um, and I mean, he might have even said that outright that he wants to come back. I haven't paid too much attention to to what he said generally because it's normally just a load of poor me Joe Hart stuff. Um, just great PR on his on his on his side of things. So I've not really paid too much attention because you've seen one interview, you've seen them all. But do you think he's played the victim? Oh God, definitely. Yeah. Do you think? I he, mean, do you think he he was right to play? Do you think he has? that it's misplaced him playing the victim or do you think that he has been maybe handled badly or treated badly? Well, as far as I know, he was, when he had that meeting at the start of last season where Guardiola explained what he wanted him to do, you know, it was, it was Hart who said, I, I don't really need to change. I don't really see much point in it. I'm being the number one. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. So for him to kind of give this impression that he's been forced out and he had no idea why and, and all this, it's, it just stinks really. And and the interviews he's done first, he did that BBC one, which was on that Thursday night show they did, and they had that comedian on it as a pundit, and he was kind of playing the, 
oh, I don't know why they got rid of him. He's such a good goalkeeper, that kind of thing. And the second one he did was on Soccer AM, so they had tubes on going, oh, I don't know why they got rid of him. He's such a good goalkeeper. <laughs> it's like, is this a contractual obligation for every interview he does? You've got to have some suck-up saying they don't understand why why he left. I mean, I just I think it's great PR from him because he has played the victim. And I think that's generally the accepted version of events. But yeah, I, I think he, he played as much of a role in his exit from City as, as anybody else. Um, but anyway, yeah, going back to whether he comes back to the Premier League, I think he probably wants to. Um, and yeah, and as much as it's dangerous to assume West Ham are going to follow through on any of the players they're linked with. You, you know, when they want collect you or whoever else, they're linked with like five strikers. Who was it now? Batshuayi and Giroud as well. But in goal, I think Hart's probably as good as they can get. And if they can get him, I, I presume they probably would. And I think Hart would maybe look at that, maybe get a smart deal because if they get relegated, he'll probably end up with a, a clause to go somewhere else. But I think he'll probably look around and, I don't think it, I don't think he'll rush into a decision because I don't think any of the decisions at the moment, sorry, any of the options at the moment, are, from the sounds of it, and I'm, I must admit I'm only going by what's been reported elsewhere. But none of the options that are being reported, they're not that. They're nothing you'd jump into yeah. straight away. So I think he'll probably wait and see. But I do think he'll probably end up in the Premier League. And West Ham was always one that seemed to make sense. And I, I kind of had a feeling before it was it came out of the weekend. I always thought that was an option. I'd, I don't know if I'd made that up or just thought about it myself and assumed that it was the case or maybe it has been said before but well, I mean West Ham just it does seem like it a, a, not a, I suppose not a good fit because look West Ham when they had the good season and finished you know in the Europa League places the one before last that would probably be a good fit um, but as much as you know I'm not a great fan of Hart and the way he's played this situation although I think it's been clever um, I do think he's better than you know the West Ham we saw last season I think he's a better goalkeeper than somebody who's potentially in a relegation battle but just the way the Premier League set up at the moment between you know 6th and 12th I mean who could who can really well between 7th and 12th who could we say are those clubs West Brom Stoke Palace maybe on a better day Leicester on a better day and I don't know, you'd, you'd, you'd think historically, judging by the size of the clubs, they'd be bigger than that, but they seem to be the the kind of level. It's obviously Everton aren't going to get him because I think they would have had a chance last summer but didn't. And obviously, it looks like they're going to get Pickford. And Liverpool, obviously, Klopp's system is similar, playing out from the back-wise to Guardiola. It's obviously not the same system, but in terms of playing out from the back, that's why they got Carrius and that's why they, you know, Take yeah. take the kind of risks in possession that other clubs don't do. So, this is what I mean about the options. He just doesn't seem to have that many appealing ones because I'm sure the clubs that would have him aren't probably the ones he'd be prepared to go to. Which makes me think, you know, if it were me, you know, with a year in Italy under my belt and somebody like Roma were interested, if that's true, I'd be all over that. But for Hart, I don't know. I get the feeling he'd want to come back. Is he a goalkeeper in decline? in terms of his abilities, because I, uh, something struck me um, uh, after the England game. I, I suddenly had this realisation. I never remember Joe Hart being that bad. And yet I feel as though my memories, the, the kind of the, the, the last few years, it just feels like you, you, you struggle to remember highlights, but you remember a lot of clangers and a lot of dross that he served up. So, is that just because 
City were a winning team. You know, they won the title in 13-14 and they won it in 11-12. And, and that's why I had this elevated idea of how good Joe Hart was, or is he just in decline? Well, I mean, the one thing I would say about Hart as well is, is as much as, you know, I, I, I do think he's a good goalkeeper. Like I said, I'm just not really a fan of the how he's how he's conducted himself over the last year or so. And, well, according to a few whispers, maybe going back a bit longer. But the thing is, for one reason or another, he did end up uh, in a strange in a strange town in a, in a strange club right at the end of the transfer window. So if you had a difficult season there, fair enough, it can happen to anyone. Um, we always say when people come into the Premier League, they need time to adapt, and it's obviously the same going to any new league, and that would have been a massive culture shock for him. So, yeah, he had a bad season at Torino, but I'm not going to hold that against him because, it, like, like I say, that can happen to anybody. And then, you know, the England performances now, or well, well, the the Scotland one, you know, he is he's uncertain, isn't he? And obviously, presumably, all his a lot of his conf, a lot, well, a lot of his performances are built into his confidence and and all the chest beating and stuff. But I mean, that's obviously part of his character, and you know, you you need to feel your best to play at your best in certain certain uh, certain cases and obviously he doesn't feel it his best so you can kind of see why you know he's kind of carried on the shaky Torino form into the into the England game and uh, I mean in, in terms of the free kicks I don't know I'm no expert on goalkeepers positioning so I'm not going to go in too hard either way on whether he was right or whether he was wrong with the with the two late free kicks but yeah I mean I'm I'm not really going to hold his performances over the last 12 months against him because rightly or wrongly, he's in a situation which is which is difficult and he's obviously going to take some time to adapt to that and I think that's fair enough, really. Is Joe Hart, should Joe Hart be an easy player to sell or do you think it's the situation is complicated and so it will be tricky? Well, this is it. Um, I saw, obviously, I saw a lot of people on Twitter the other day saying, oh, you know, it's... Um, City's got a terrible history of signing players, and this is another one with Hart. But I think if if people are talking about loans for Hart, then I think that reflects more on Hart's ability than than City's ability, ability or inability to sell players. Because if one of City's best players was available this summer, City wouldn't be struggling to to sell him. I think it's because of the uncertainty around Hart that people aren't going all out just at the moment. To, to buy him because and if you think it's because you know City sound badly then maybe City want 20 and someone goes well no we'll give you 10 because we know you want to get rid of him which is fair enough because that's kind of the situation Diego Costa's in now at Chelsea and unfortunately for the selling clubs it's become public knowledge but there would still be you know if Hart was this great catch excuse the pun you would still have clubs rushing in going we'll give you 10 million for him we'll give you 15 million for him I just think there's a bit of uncertainty around him at the moment. But then again, it comes back to the situation of, like I mentioned, Stoke as one example. But you know they've got Butland, who no reason, no reason why he can't be better than Hart if he you know gets back to fitness and, and improves as kind of people are expecting. And then you know West, West Brom don't tend to spend a lot of money, and if they did, why would they do it when they've got Ben Foster who works for them? So there is this kind of situation where. Hart isn't a it's big, you know, it, it wouldn't be that exciting to sign him at the moment. And there's also the clubs that would kind of be interested are kind of settled in that position and don't really need to to take the risk because I don't think at the moment he's 
maybe a huge upgrade. And yeah, I think he's a better goalkeeper than Ben Foster. I really do. But I don't see West Brom taking that gamble. So, you know, it's that, that, it's that kind of thing. And I think if they struggle to get rid of him... And, and again, look, it, it is still early days. But yeah, I think it is more because there is a bit of uncertainty around him at the moment. And probably the wages as well. People are just, you know, feeling their way into it a bit. But I don't think this one's on City so much. I think I think it's a reflection of Hart's situation and his current malaise, I suppose, if you can call it that. Okay, fair enough. Um, so the next player that I want to talk about is kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, Iannaccio Kalecci. Mm. Now, I've just done a season review with, with Lloyd and it was interesting to kind of talk about Kalecci and, and the kind of stagnation of his development in the season just gone and, and just how much he was rated 12 months ago, you know. Um, looking at it from your point of view, do you see do you see him as a player that City need to sell or need to either sell or loan out for his own good? Yeah, yeah, I think for his own good because I think I think he's a really good player. He's a really exciting player, and I think the kind of the situation he's in, whereas you know the last few times he's come on for City, he he just looked looks a bit off it and you know, out, out of out of rhythm, which is which is fine, obviously, because, you know, he's not been given many minutes. But that can kind of lead people to think that he's much more limited than he actually is because, you know, we've I think we've seen enough from him at a young age that he has got a lot about him um, outside the box as well as in it. And, yeah, you know, he's not he's not a perfectly rounded game outside the box, but he is only young. And, you know, his instincts inside it are really good. So he's still got plenty to offer a lot of clubs, but... Yeah, I think it's got to the stage where City needs to get rid of him because I don't think he's got a lot to offer City at the moment. And, you know, it. I suppose, you know, we went from Hart to Iheanacho and they are opposite ends of the, the spectrum kind of thing, but very similar in kind of, in the way that they're both very good players in their own right, but probably not suited to the kind of thing that Guardiola wants to do. And, you know, in terms of loaning him out, it would make sense because, you know, he's still kind of on the books and you haven't got rid of him. But you can't, really see him going somewhere else and improving to such an extent he could come back and be a part of what Guardiola wants to do 12 months down the line. So alone doesn't make sense in that respect. And then if you, if you, if you sell him outright, that probably is the best way of going about it now, because if you obviously you look at the players that you want to sign and the kind of money they're going to spend, if they can recoup however much, you know, that is going to be really, really welcome. And obviously, Enus Unal, who you'd have probably said, yeah, give him another loan somewhere else and maybe he can contribute next summer. Or if not, you can sign him for more. But obviously, City have gone, we'll take that 12 million now. That'd be great. We'll take 20 odd million for Kelechi. That'd be great. And all of a sudden, that and whatever they can get for the other lads out on loan, that's really going to help then because maybe, you know, we know that we know they want Mbappe too. And if it does come to the situation where he goes, I'm going to leave Monaco this summer, then they are, they are going to go all out. And obviously the more money they can get makes sense. And yeah, it's, it would be a shame to sell Kelechi. Just, I mean, just on, you know, kind of from the emotional point of view of the fans and the attachment to him and how good a player he is and kind of what he represents as well as a young player. And obviously he's not an academy player, but, you know, he, he, has, he has kind of come through the, the the latter part of the system, I suppose, um, but I think the situation City are in now and the way they're basically going all out for the 
targets they want because they're going all out to do what Guardiola wants. It makes sense to to sell him and just get as much money as possible, really. Okay. Um, I'm going to make you Kalechi Iannaccio's yeah. agent right now. Okay. Um, you're now Kalechi's agent, and yeah. I am standing in front of you with two offers. I've got a I've got an offer from from West Ham, and I've mm-hmm. got an offer from Hoffenheim. Um, they are both offers for a permanent transfer. They both afford City a buyback clause. Yeah. The wage of Hoffenheim is a third less than what West Ham are offering. But obviously, Hoffenheim offer Champions League football, whereas West mm-hmm. Ham don't. As Kalecci's agent, what are you advising him to do next? I, I, I'd genuinely go for Hoffenheim. I really would. But I mean, like the one thing I say going back to Hart as well, it's fair play to him for going. And yeah, I know he said that he didn't have many options, so maybe he wouldn't have if he did have Premier League options. But fair play to him for going. Fair play to him for having to go to the language. Um, and I really admire that. I think more English players should do it. And then for, for Kalecci, as a, as a young player who's, you know, he's had an experience at City and he was he was stationed out in America for a bit as well. I think to help continue his his kind of growth in the game, it would be great to go to Germany and try that. And yeah, Champions League football, I think they're, they're building something quite interesting at Hoffenheim, aren't they? I think German football, you know, to you know, if I'm the agent now, German football appeals to me. It's quite, it's stable, it's exciting, it's a good brand. The, the atmosphere is, you know, the fans are, the fans are well looked after, I think. And, it it just it's just it's just a good product and I like it and and then on the other side you've got West Ham who are probably the the worst advert for a Premier League club I think in terms of scouting and <laughs> recruitment but they are though aren't they they just yeah. they've got you know they when it comes to how you know if Billage were to go they'd have five managers and they'd all be completely different they'd have Benitez and and Bielsa on there just completely ends of the spectrum and it's the same with all of their the players you know the fact that they wanted Yaya Torre you could. It would be the Torre that we saw in Pellegrini's last season because they wouldn't know what to do with him. It would be that kind of thing. <laughs> so you weigh up West Ham against um, Hoffenheim, and I'd go for Hoffenheim every time. But I mean, I would say that because I do. Well, I'm I'm not a fan of how West Ham do business, but I am a fan of footballers going abroad and trying things, or at least moving around different countries and getting different experiences. So I think for Kalechi, I think that would be that'd be really good if it were to materialise. Obviously, Dortmund had been mentioned as well. Um, and again, that's a big enough club where you would, even if you weren't guaranteed to play, as you've seen, obviously they've they've signed a few players over the years, haven't they? I think Mobley went there and Ramos went there and they've not done so well. Obviously, Yanisai went there on loan. Um, but I think for Kalecci, even so, I think you'd go, yeah, I'd give that a go if, if they were an option as well. But yeah, those are the kind of options I'd be looking at if you now you've put me in this position of being his agent. And, you know, the wages, and yeah, and and especially with African footballers, they take on a lot of burden in terms of, you know, a lot of what they earn, they send back. Well, I'm they... coming to that. I'm coming to that because as 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 Kalechi's father, I am now telling you mm-hmm. that, that the Hoffenheim offer is, is basically going to weigh in at about €100,000 per month less than the West Ham offer. Mm-hmm. Is there an argument that for the long-term of Kelly's career in terms of his earning potential, it would also be wiser to go to Hoffenheim. Oh yeah, I, I think I would. I would think long term, 
I just think Hoffenheim's a, a better move overall than, okay. than going to West Ham. Because um, and again, you look at the, some of the players West Ham have signed, and and they they you know, West Ham probably signed five players last summer that we forgot existed, and you just you just you just worry that that, that could happen again. Um, but uh, the you know again, I'm talking from my point of view and my personal views on what I would do if I were a footballer, or you know my personal views of wanting to work abroad. So I'm applying that to this, but then I could never imagine coming from Nigeria and having a burden on me, not just to look, because you know, a lot of these guys, they don't just look after their families. They look after their whole, you know, townships mm. or whatever that, you know, they're, you know, they're building infrastructure for, for the places they grew up. So it's really difficult to imagine that burden. And you could see why, if you could see why, if it were to happen, that Kalechi got offered the biggest contract and he went there, even if it didn't make sense, you could see why he would do it because, you know, there's often a lot of these extra demands, but thinking, I think, I don't know if you would take yourself out of that. You'd you'd obviously want to go to the best place possible for for footballing reasons, and you know make the, make a success of that, and obviously elongate your career, and just make sure you don't really fall off the fall off the radar, really, and mean you can't be earning for the next ten fifteen years. Um, one final one on Kalechi, just real fast. Is there an ideal Premier League club that you think? Oh wow, if they came in, he, he should take that move because that would be perfect hmm. for his development. Uh, I just had I just had Liverpool flash into my head then. Interesting. Just because they've got nobody who can who stays in the box and f- just finishes off moves and the way they all attack and yeah maybe his build up you know the the link up play outside the box isn't isn't quite up there but you just wonder in terms of somebody to finish off moves and it's something Mourinho um, mentioned recently about you know having let Hernandez go just having somebody in the box maybe to throw on. And I think where Liverpool fell down last season was they, when their attacking midfielders were off their game, and which is always going to be the case because I don't think they've got consistent. I don't I like even Coutinho who's the best. He he's the best of their players. He's not a, a, a consistent player. But I think somebody like Kelechi would be something that Liverpool lack. Um, I don't see that happening. But yeah, in terms of Premier League clubs, I think he'd be a good one. Arsenal. Because you know Arsenal are going after it's look it looks like they're going after players to replace Alexis Sanchez, but the problem is you know people like Lacazette, he's probably going to have Champions League options. It sounds like he's quite keen on Atletico Madrid, even if he has to wait three or four months into the season to be registered. Mm. So, but I mean, if Arsenal end up buying players to to make up for the lack of Alexis, I think he'd he'd be another good option there to have as well. I mean he probably be a similar role to what he's got at City in terms of not getting so many minutes but I'd think he'd probably get more than he has done um, below that again it's just difficult isn't it because any of these teams below Everton I mean you know the, the Tony Pulis bubble could burst next season as it, as, it, as it can do and West Brom you might go there in August with a desire of pushing them into Europe and it could go belly up and then you've got Stoke you never I mean Stoke kind of finished mid-table, but the teams they beat last season was basically the bottom five, oh, and that was a it. Terrible side Stoke are. I mean, they're, they're I don't know how they. It was a weird league last season. You know, the two that are, that that spring to mind for me outside of those the two big clubs that you mentioned are Ooh. Southampton and Bournemouth. I think I think those are both clubs that that would be great for Kelly's development, just because I think that. You know, Southampton have got that structure and that system, yeah. and and you feel like all the players that go there that get most of the mix, that get given a chance, 
their profile goes up and their value goes up and they get better as players. Um, and I think at Bournemouth with Eddie Howe and the way that they play play football, again, I feel as though he could take them them up a level and also yeah. enhance his own reputation there. Yeah, similar to Josh King, actually, the way he played. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, not a bad shot. And, and again, Southampton. I'd forgotten about Southampton, actually, when I was talking about those clutch of mid-table clubs, but that'll be another option for Hart as well. Um, but again, they've got Forster, who is, is worse than Hart. But again, I don't know if they're going to want to gamble, but I suppose it depends on their new manager. But yeah, he, he'd be an especially good option. Sorry, they'd be an especially good option for for Kalecha, yeah. Awesome. Okay, the third and final outgoer that I want to talk about today, because obviously next time we talk, we'll talk about you know more outgoings, because there's going to be about 15 of them over the summer. Um, I want to talk about Patrick Roberts. Oh, yeah. Because again, he's a player who... I don't know. I guess it's one of those things where I often, I worry sometimes whether, you know, a player kind of out of sight enhances his reputation by not playing for City. And I I feel as though there's this clamour among supporters for him to be brought back and be given a chance. And I'm sort of going, at whose expense? And we're about to sign Alexis Sanchez. And and what's the point in... So it's a similar question to the Kelechi question. Should we keep him? Is that is that the right thing to do to bring him back to City and keep him this this season? It is it is difficult, isn't it? Um, it does make sense, especially if you know if Guardiola wants these five or six options for the for the forward three positions. You think it would be it'd be worth having him as that as the sixth one, maybe. Um, yeah, maybe he wouldn't get too much game time, but at this stage of the career, being in you know the Guardiola training sessions and being around those players, that would I think that hmm, maybe it's a big statement, but I think that would probably help just as much as another season on loan at Celtic, where yeah, he's gonna he's gonna keep doing what he's doing. He's gonna get plenty of game time. He's gonna get used to coming up against limited defenders who just want to kick him, which is character building. But I, I would just wonder if it would be time to to come back and benefit from being a city if he didn't even get game time. Um, I think that would make sense, but yeah, I don't know. I just kind of get the feeling it's not going to happen. Do you buy buy the stories that they'll sell him to Celtic this summer? I was surprised when I saw that. And how much was Celtic offering? Let's not talk about the fee because I suspect that it'll just melt people's heads because it's less than we paid Fulham for. Yeah, yeah. I think that's bobbins. But just in in the with the principle of actually selling him, how what do you reckon? Let's say that Celtic. Let's say that Celtic come with a real offer. Let's say that Celtic come with twenty million pound. Well, yeah, I was going to say. I was thinking fifteen. To be fair, twenty. In the same in the same way that they're probably going to sell Kelechi for a lot. Well, twenty twenty five million. I think if they were to get that and it would help them sign, if they don't get Alexis and they don't get Mbappe, it, but it would help them sign whoever else they want to get, Aubameyang, for example, I don't know, then that would make sense because of the situation that, that they're in at the moment where the more money they can raise, the better. Whereas in normal circumstances, you'd probably, if he didn't fit in now, you'd probably give him another loan. But I don't know. It just, it just seems, it seems like he would offer... You know, not a, a lot to this squad. I don't think he's going to come in and keep Sterling out. But I, I think he, I think he's got certain traits he can offer. And I, I just, 
I, I could see him being useful, and especially the lack of forward options you've had last season. And now they haven't even got that with Nolito and Navas having gone. And, you know, there's no guarantees at the moment. Obviously, City do still think they're going to get Alexis and all that. And Mbappe has won their looking at even if, you know, Real Madrid or staying at Monaco is probably more likely at the moment. So there's there's no guarantees that they are going to get enough people in to have the options they want. So, I mean, to me, it really does make sense to have Roberts around. But obviously, if they do get Alexis and someone else up front, then maybe they'll want to cash into. To, to make sure they can afford who they want, but anything less than what they paid would, would be a joke, really. I, you said I'll, something just wouldn't then. Wouldn't be good. You, you said something just then, which I think is quite interesting. You said that he's he's not going to keep Sterling out of the team. That's what No. So my question is, well, I would say that of, of what's left of the forwards, the general consensus is that when Sanchez comes in, Sterling is the one that's going to miss out. So... If you're saying to me that Roberts is probably not even going to get in the side ahead of Sterling and Sterling is probably the one who's going to miss out, is there really any point in just bringing him back to train with Guardiola? Do you really think he will develop more as a footballer training with top players or do you think that he'll develop more, whether it's even if it's in a nothing league like the, the Scottish league? Yeah, where do you think he's going to develop more? I do think at this stage, and given the players that could be at City next season, and obviously with Guardiola as well, I, I think he could learn a lot from that. I, I certainly don't see him going backwards, to be honest. Interesting. Um, okay. I mean, yeah, I think they could they could just learn so much. And how old is he? Is he twenty yet, or still nineteen? I think he's. I think he's. I don't know. Nineteen, twenty. He's still a baby. That's the important thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think. I think yeah, he's twenty. I think he could learn a, he could definitely learn a lot. And yeah, even if he wasn't dislodging Sterling, I think like like I say, in terms of bodies, because Navas Nolito, they weren't contributing anything in an attack in an attacking sense um, towards the end of last season. But I think you know Roberts, may, maybe maybe I'm just way off here, and Guardiola's had a look and think no, he's he hasn't he hasn't got it, but. And maybe maybe I'm putting too much stock in his performances in Scotland, which, as we know, is is definitely not the highest level. But I, I kind of think that, as as I say, as the fifth or sixth man, mm. if that's the kind of depth that Guardiola wants, and you know, seems like it is, I, th- I think who else are you going to get as the sixth as the sixth person? Because you're not going to sign someone, and you know, I, I know, I think the way big Premier League clubs and well, sorry, big European clubs are going towards having huge squads that they can rotate, but they'd find it difficult to to buy somebody else and, and paint it as that. But if you've got a young player who's willing to learn and give it a go and make something of it, then I think as a, as a sixth forward for, for, for three positions, especially with the League Cup in the first few months of the season and the chance to prove himself, I, I do think he I do think it's worth sticking with. And if it doesn't work out, then send him out on loan in December, which is what obviously they did with Maffeo and Angelino, and they could do next summer with, sorry, next season with Brahim, maybe. Mm. You've surprised me, Sam. You really have. How, how so? I thought you'd, I thought you'd have been like, nah, Robert Scott go. He's not good enough. Well, he's done as much as he can, and yeah, Scott, the Scottish league's not very good at all, is it? But he's done as much as he can. Yeah, I suppose that's um, the thing. Do you so? Do you not think there's any argument for for trying to? 
get a loan in the Premier League and trying to have a look at him as an attacking player, maybe playing regularly in a side in the lower half of the league, just to see if he's, you know, got it. Yeah, yeah, definitely makes sense. Um, the, like I say, the only the only way I think they could sell him this summer or should is if they, you know, they get loads, like 20 million more. And they can go, right, well, we bought him for, a, was it eight rising to 11 or something like that? Something like that. So they could say, look, it was good business. And also, again, if it helps City buy the targets they want, then fine, it makes sense, kind of extenuating circumstances. But yeah, in general, if he's not going to play a part, I think another loan, and obviously, ideally now, you don't want to see him in Holland as much as, you know, I'd, I'd advocate players going away and trying themselves. But I mean, at, at this stage, having had one good season in an inferior league, I think coming back to the Premier League and showing he could do it regularly would would probably be the best option for, for City if they can't sell him for big money. Mm, yeah, no, I'd, I'd go along with that. Either either the Premier League or, or if they can send him to Girona to play in La Liga, I'd, I'd be down with that as well because, again, the, the standard of the league there is, is closer to the Premier League than Scotland or Holland uh, or even France. For that mm. um, okay, Sam. I, I can I can hear the audience right now going, come on, talk about the players we're going to sign. We're not bothered about these guys that are leaving. So let's talk about some potential incomings. Um, firstly, I want to talk about Mendy. He got injured last night. Um, mm. What's the what's the what's the latest from the UK angle? And then I'll tell you what the French press said last night after the game. Uh. Well, the, well, do you mean the UK angle or my angle? No, just um, the, the, on, on his injury specifically. I've not seen anything about his injury. All I've, I've seen his social media and everything, and he seems happy enough. He doesn't seem like he's got anything wrong with him. Um, I, I wonder I wonder how many people from the UK side would know anything about it because there hasn't been too much reported on Mendy recently in terms of uh, the progress of the deal mm. since since you know since the interest first came around seriously um, when City signed Silver. So in terms of the injury, I haven't said anything on this side. Okay, I just uh, on um, they spoke to him after the game uh, in the French media, and he said that it was a knee injury, which kind of worried me straight away because I was mm. just a little bit like it didn't look like an impact injury to me. So I hope it's not one of those nasty little yeah. walks off the pitch and he looks fine, but nobody's saying anything because he's tweaked a knee ligament or something like that. Um, so I was just curious if there'd been if 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 I was basically behind the time if if somebody had already confirmed what it was or it wasn't. Oh right, no, not that I've seen. Okay, um, yeah, we'll talk about Mendy's deal then. Firstly, are you as confident as you were on the last transfer podcast that this is a priority signing for City? Oh yeah, it's definitely a priority signing for City. I think they might have I think they might have another iron in the fire in case it doesn't happen. I think Sandro might be even though it costs more money. I think that's probably why he's kind of the second choice in terms of the priority list. So obviously when there was the talk of Bertrand last week, I don't think that's an either or situation because Bertrand's not at the level of Mendy and obviously City want to go all out and get absolute cannonball fullbacks which is why they want Mendy and and Walker so but yeah I'd like to think if something had gone wrong with the deal over the last week or 10 days basically while he's been on international duty 
I'd imagine it would have come out somewhere. And also, I'd like to think that, given what I've heard already about it, in you know, a couple of weeks ago, I'd like to think I'd have heard. So, I'm with that one. I'm still going with. Look, now the internationals are done. We'll find out a lot in the next week, and I'm kind of expecting. I'm I'm, I'm expecting that one to to be seen through, really, and and get that done. I don't know how this potential injury changes it. I'm sure they'll have a look, but um, yeah, I, I was always. Well, I was told last week that they were going to make a big push for the fullbacks after after the internationals, and I, I fully expect Mendy to be part of that. Okay. Um, obviously, you've touched upon uh, Ryan Bertrand. Did you hmm. manage to see his performances for England? Uh, I did, yeah. Um, I thought, I thought. Um, well, I thought he was pretty quiet against Scotland in the first half. I know a lot of people on Twitter said he was good, but um, he didn't really get used. It wasn't so much his fault. He was kind of making, he was making the runs, but... Often he, whether this was his fault or not, but he, was, he normally found himself just stood next to, I can't remember who the left winger was at the time. But he was just, there was no opportunity to overlap because they were kind of in the same space. I thought he was quite quiet against Scotland, but second half a bit better. And I thought he was, he was good going forward last night and he was certainly better last night than he was against, against Scotland, I think. Do you think that he is, do you think he's good enough to play for City? Because I feel as though there's a, something that you said, for example, um, which I slightly disagree with. Yeah. I feel as though Mendy is still a very, very raw player for all of the talent that he has. I'm not convinced that Guardiola would look at Mendy and go, he's going to be my first choice when the season starts next season. Because I think it's a massive season. And I think that you know, we're going for Walker on the other side for a reason because he's English and he knows the league and, and he'll provide stability. And I suspect, it's just my gut feeling, I suspect that Bertrand is the same on the left, that the idea is that whether it's Mendy or whether we bring in another foreign right back, the idea will be that these two English guys can basically step in and start the season. And then even though Mendy might end up, or will end up costing more money than Bertrand does, and may well or certainly will be in the long term, the the left back, in terms of next season and how the season begins, I just think Bertrand is, I just think it makes, it's eminently logical to sign Bertrand, stick him in his first choice and say to Mendy, okay, learn the league, learn the system, learn the position, and maybe we'll see in two or three months whether you're ready. What do you reckon to that? Um, it just it just makes sense that, but um, the fact that Mendy is their top choice left back and Bertrand's kind of on the 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 second choice list just kind of suggests that if it was the other way around, then it would have been the other way around, and there'd have been you know Bertrand would be the the top choice left back. But everything I've heard is that you know Mendy is Mendy is the one, and then so they've, if they've got this A list and a B list or whatever, the A list is. Mendy at the top, and then and then Sandro if Mendy doesn't happen, and then on the B list you've got Bertrand and probably others as well. So it makes sense what you're saying, um, and obviously they want someone who like Bertrand because they obviously believe he is capable of stepping in and doing a good job. Um, but I just think the way the city's business is laid out and the way they're going after these players, um, that Mendy is actually the the first choice, and God has seen enough in him that he's going to be. The main man. Yeah, no, I'm not necessarily. I think we're probably 
you know, both saying the same thing in different ways. Mm. Um, because I think for me, it's just this, what, I guess it, it makes me bristle a little bit when, when people kind of characterize Bertrand as a backup left back, because I kind of feel like, you know, I don't know right now. Yeah. If you start the Premier League season tomorrow and you've got Mendy and Bertrand, I just don't know who the first choice will be. And I'm not convinced that it's as straightforward as Mendy's going to cost 40, 45 million euros. So it goes without saying that he starts the season as the first choice. I just think maybe it might be, take a little bit more time than that, even though Mendy's got a much higher ceiling. And so Bertrand, I just think it's a really super smart signing. Um, I really like him. So I guess I'm just talking him up for the sake of it. Um, now, in terms of actually making that signing, kind of similar question to the Mendy question. As confident that that's going to happen as Mendy's going to happen? More confident even, maybe? On Walker, sorry? No, on um, Bertrand. Oh, sorry. Um, not, um, no, but only because... You know, I was told about a month, six weeks ago that Mendy was one to keep an eye on. And then obviously when the silver thing kicked up, then he, he was really thrown to the to the front of the argument. And, you know, the, the updates in that kind of two-week period where there was updates coming thick and fast, you know, it was, you know, the groundwork's been done on Mendy for for a long time. Um, and then, but with, with Burton, that obviously came up last week and then, yeah, make the call to to check it out, and you're told that, um, you know he's he's wanted as well. But I don't have the same background info on Burton as I do with Mendy. So that's the only reason I'm personally not as confident because I don't know as much about the Burton deal as I do about the Mendy one. But it's not to say that that's not to say that that's how the situation is. And for for all we know, Burton, you know, they could be they could be signing the contracts now. But um, but I just have been told more about the Mendy one than I have of Bertrand. But I think I would imagine City having identified him as a target unless Southampton are particularly stubborn. I can't see anybody else paying more than City either in terms of transfer fee or wages. And I'll probably expect City to do that as well. And obviously the fact that he's English makes it more important. Okay. Awesome. Um, now you can talk about Kyle Walker. Uh, first question, it's kind of related to Walker. Do you buy any of the stories that City have got serious interest in in other right-backs? Uh, I'm talking about the Serge Aurier stories. Weird story that some some guy from Portugal that Spurs are going to sign to replace Walker oh, yeah, is yeah. also the guy that City are going to sign if they can't get Walker. I don't even, his name escapes me. Do you remember his name? The right-back, is yeah. it? I can't remember. Was it Pereira? That's it. It is a Pereira. Um, do you think that the? I, I, I want to ask you about the Kyle Walker deal. Do you think it's all? Do you think that City have already spoken to Spurs? And what I mean, what what I mean by that question is, do you think there is negotiating left to be done with Daniel Levy, or do you think that there's already a price? There's already some kind of. It doesn't have to be City talking directly to Spurs, but City can already know from his agent like how close is this because obviously there's a lot of mixed messages about Levy wants 70 he wants 60 he wants 40 Matt Law said last night 40 40 million pound will do it so yeah um, what do you think well yeah again whatever the fee actually is it's like it's like with the Mendy thing last week when when they were saying oh well, Monaco want 40 million for Mendy and 
it's you know it's kind of put them off it's like i don't think it has you know they've been working on these deals for months and again they're when you're going to buy a player you want to know if the player wants to come which is why all this tapping up stuff is kind of nonsense really because it happens all the time because you need to get an idea if there's no point making a bid and then going oh by the way do you want to come and they go no oh that was a waste of time so you want to know if they're going to come and you want to know how much you're going to pay and city have been working on these for so long and i think they probably would have hoped to have them done a bit sooner than now i suppose and i think the internationals probably curtailed it a bit but i think city you've got a rough idea of how much and yeah maybe levy it can just maybe maybe he just changes day to day and i have heard that he has been pretty difficult with city but i would imagine you know it's just it's just the finishing touches really and it, it is just i don't know the structure or maybe it's the final amount here or there but maybe and again maybe that's you know spurs are making it difficult and in the same way that monaco are when they're saying well we don't want to sell mbappe and mendy and and fabinho and then you got spurs going we don't want to sell rose and ali and or kane you know what i mean that kind yeah, of thing yeah, yeah. That, that's just part of it but no i think in terms of the fees, I think you've known roughly for a long time how much they're going to have to spend. And so, you don't think the Van Dyke thing will shift the goalposts? For example, you don't think that kind of Southampton basically slapping a seventy million pound price tag on him will have any impact upon other fees in the Premier League, or more importantly, the fee for Kyle Walker? Well, like I say again, Daniel Levy could just go, "Oh well, you know, if that's what clubs are getting away with." Then then we'll go for it. But I also think um, in this case, I think selling Walker probably helps Spurs as much as it helps City because you're talking about fullbacks who played well for England. Trippier was really good last night. Again, at least going forward. And you could oh. see Spurs going, we could sell, well, well, we'll sell Walker. We'll have loads of money and we've got a replacement there already. So that's fine. So I, as much as Levy is going to be difficult because I think that's just in his nature, I don't think he's going to get to a point where he goes, oh, well, it's either this or we're not selling. Because I think maybe like Arsenal as well, because Arsenal probably do know that at the end of it, you know, if they don't take 50 million now, they're going to get nothing. Mm. So I think Spurs will probably, there probably will come a time, even if they are being difficult. And even if Southampton's asking price does affect you, and I'm not sure whether it will, but if it does, I, I, I think Levy will probably be like, well, he, even he maybe would be like, I don't want to don't want to push it too far because you don't want to you don't want to be you don't want to be up to fifty and then go oh that's our fifty five and just ruin it. I think it's it suits Spurs to get rid. Okay, um, do you see a time frame on these three fullbacks in particular? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I don't want to. I've learned my lesson really. I, you don't want to tie yourself into time frames that people could hold you to. But again, from what I've been told, they wanted to they wanted to make a push after these internationals and. I'm pretty certain if these internationals hadn't been going on for the last two weeks, then City would have liked to have had them done by now. And again, I, I mean, I spoke to I spoke to an agent the other week, just completely unrelated to anything to do with City, really. And he was like, oh, it's just been a pain in the ass these few weeks because he says you can have a player go into a club and then the small print takes two or three weeks. And you think it really can hinge on absolutely anything, these deals. Um, but you know, in terms of a time frame, yeah, City want to get them done as soon as possible, and the fullbacks are the ones they want to get in because they're probably conscious that Alexis might drag on for a bit. But the fullbacks are what they want to do first, and then they can get the fullbacks in, and then they can look at another forward or a centre back or whatever. So they are gonna, 
they are going to push in. Like I said, they've been doing it for two or three months. I don't think they're going to want to wait around. And my kind of feeling with Mendy is it's either done or it's off, and we're going to find out very soon. But I'd like to think I'd have heard if it was off. So hopefully we'll get a good we'll get a, we'll get a good resolution for for both of the two main ones soon enough. Maybe in the next week or ten days if everything goes well. But like I say, just these things can get held up by so many different things. Mm. Um, just talk briefly on the Alexis thing because I know that we talked about it in in some detail last week, and and to be honest, I'm I'm not over it, but it's beginning to irritate me. Um, but just very quickly, what's your what's your feeling about the current temperature? Um, I, I, in fact, let's start with the. I guess that yesterday um, there was John Cross's piece that that went quite boldly with they won't sell in the Premier League or they won't sell to City. And the mail also went quite strongly with they won't sell to City. Um, bollocks? Or do you think that Arsenal are preparing, stealing themselves for a saga, basically? Are they getting ready to go, nah, you, he's going to have to do loads and loads of stuff to get out of here? Well, um, but the mirror piece, John Cross piece, was Alexis fears that that's going to happen. So, I mean, I don't know, it kind of... That suggests to me that that's come from someone on the players' camp, although I don't know how, because um, as far as I know, the agents don't don't talk to the press, or at least the English press anyway. Um, and again, City, again, have been working on this for ages, like absolutely ages, and maybe they've just dropped a bollock, and maybe they're completely barking up the wrong tree. But why would they pursue it, and why would they still be so confident now that they're going to be able to sign him if they didn't think yeah, and and why were they making their top target if they if they didn't think it was going to be possible? Um, I don't think I don't think it's so much bollocks. I think it's it's standard posturing from Arsenal, isn't it? That they're going to have to say, and maybe they believe it, maybe they don't, but they're going to have to say, you know, they don't want him to leave to Premier League rival. They're going to have to make it look like they're putting up a fight, even if they're not. Um, but I think what it probably comes down to from the city side is they're certain that. Alexis wants to go and I think at some point if Arsenal are really digging in and saying no or they haven't signed replacements um, maybe you're banking on Alexis saying look I'm going to go on a free I'm not signing a new contract so if you don't let me go January the 1st I'm going to sign a contract with City mm. and okay. and you're either getting 50 million now or you're not um, or you're not getting anything that's, I mean, you can you can pretty much map this one out. And part of it is Arsenal are saying we don't want to sell him to a Premier League club. Part of it is is well, the backdrop is City thinking all along. Well, he's he wants to come to us. He's not going anywhere else. Um, all of these clubs being mentioned, I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure. Well, Chelsea's. I don't think Chelsea's an option because if Arsenal sell to another Premier League club, he wants to come to City. So why would he go to Chelsea and not City if? They do sell to a club. So Chelsea, I don't think it's happening. I've seen Juventus thrown in, but that just strikes me as, well, they were mentioned before, so we'll mention them again. Um, PSG were interested before, but I think that's all changed now, especially with Clivert leaving. So there's names being thrown around it. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm not convinced Bayern are even still still an option. So I think there's just names being thrown in it. I think what it comes down to now is Alexis versus Arsenal. And the way it's going to be mapped out is Arsenal saying we don't want to sell here. Um, 
but also they're going to be looking for big name strikers that they can appease the fans if he does go. And then maybe it gets to a point where Alexis says, look, I'm not signing a new contract. So you're going to have to let me go now or I'm going to go on a free. And then, and then there's all, there's other kinds of variables. Like he might win the Confederations Cup with Chile and go, oh, this is good. Isn't life good? Let's, let's just stick with Arsenal. Why not? I don't see that happening, but you know, these are all the, the kind of variables, but as it stands, as it stands, it looks like he wants to go to city. I'm, pretty sure City are the only ones actually in for him we've got a good chance of getting him and it's just going to be a matter of time before Arsenal accept the fate really okay. and if, if they really are stubborn about it then Alexis will have to say look I'm, I'm not signing a new contract so mm. it's on you I think that's the way it's going to pan out nice well fingers crossed it doesn't pan out like that well maybe, maybe they'll say fine we'll keep you then and be stubborn about it but you'd, you'd then expect Alexis to come to City next summer for it's free, which really is really hard to see Stan passing up fifty million pounds. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just very, very difficult to see him passing up fifty million pounds, particularly because of the type of character that that Alexis is. Where if there isn't a guarantee that he's going to be, you know, professional, then not only do you risk keeping a player who goes for nothing next summer, but you also risk keeping a player who's of no use to you because he's not performing. Because he's so- yeah, well, he had that around the Liverpool game, didn't he? You know, where he was left on the bench and exactly. he was pissed off after the after the Champions League. And I mean, I don't obviously it's not it's not great professionalism, is it? But I can completely understand that in somebody who who obviously is quality and gives his best. And if he doesn't see that in his teammates, I could see why um, he he was in that frame of mind. But the thing is, as well with Arsenal, everyone just it's just mad. It's just everyone. Well, a lot of people in the media, a lot of obviously Arsenal fans, although increasingly fewer every summer they seem to think oh well it's going to be different now and because Wenger's staying now of all summers it seems to be oh well they're you know they're going to spend a lot of money and things are going to be different I I just surely Alexis isn't that naive surely he's not part of this large group of fans and journalists who get duped every summer that things are going to be different for Arsenal and I think surely he must have experienced enough false dawns at Arsenal to think you know, I've got one more stab maybe at, at reaching the big time and, and doing it. And obviously, he's made, well, he seems to have made his mind up for that to see. Sorry, go on. Go on. Well, I was going to say the other thing, somebody sent me a video the other day of him. Well, not him, sorry. Um, there was a, a Chilean football show and the journalist on there was saying that he sees this as his chance to to get up to the level of Messi and Ronaldo by going to, to City and working with Guardiola. And... Now I watched this early in the morning, and it kind of it was kind of like a half dream. Now I can't remember if this is the journalist who was saying last week that that it's done, but I think it was. Um, and he's obviously got, I think he's well connected to the agents. Yeah. So if that's you know if that's uh, sheds a bit of insight into Alexis's thoughts at the moment, then he obviously sees City as his chance at becoming one of the best players in the world in the, the last four or five years of his career, and that kind of makes me think that he won't be fooled into thinking, oh, Arsenal have signed some players, maybe they'll win the league this year, because I think he's just, I think he can see through that. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I was just going to say that I think that, you know, the nail in the coffin was always the fact that they didn't finish in the top four. And I think that as soon as, you know, Alexis Sanchez is not going to play in the Europa League next season. I mean, I just... Not yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, even, so if Arsenal, even if Arsenal force him to stay that 12 months, he's, he's yeah, I mean... 
He's shown he's a diva and he's shown he can throw a strop. So, no, I think that one's getting over the line. Okay, Sam, look, very quickly, before you go, yeah. we're going to call this part the Make Us Dream part oh, of the Transfer Podcasts. Um, this week on Make Us Dream, it's uh, Kylian Mbappe's turn because obviously mm-hmm. he was just phenomenal last night against England. Yeah. My question for you, have City knocked down the idea that they're trying to sign Kylian Mbappe this summer? Has anybody connected to City said to you, that story is bollocks when we're not in for him? Um, well, I'm just lost for words here because, to be honest, I don't I haven't really spoken to the media department for the last few weeks um, because, you know, they've, well, basically, I've, I basically haven't really spoken to them. So I don't, I don't really know if they've knocked down the Mbappe stuff. But the fact that I've seen it in a few other places, um, you know, if this is if we were asking the question about City's media department, the fact I've seen it in a few other places would suggest to me that they haven't. Um, and there would probably be some some outlets that, if they were told, they would probably have stated explicitly that they didn't want him, like um, as happened with Aubameyang last summer. Um, but well, but. Sorry, go ahead. No, go on. That's go what, on. that's kind of what I'm I'm driving at with the with with Mbappe and and, and make us dream is just that um, I, I was actually thinking more about Pogba and I don't know if you remember, but it was around about this time last season, maybe about a month earlier, that there was basically a flurry of stories where it was quite clear. So there was that whole. There was the hype, obviously, that Pogba's going to leave this summer. And then very quickly, there was Man City aren't in for Pogba this summer. And it was mm. just, it was not, it was, they, they knocked it, they killed it dead super quick. And as you just said, they did exactly the same thing with Obama Young. They, they killed it dead super quick. I can't remember the last time that there's been this kind of volume of stories about a world record fee player. And because even the Messi stories, I remember a couple of years ago when there was the flurry of stories that City are going to sign Messi and City knocked those down as well. And yet, I don't think they've knocked Mbappe down. So that's kind of why I was wondering whether you've heard anything that makes you think that City's name is just being thrown in there to add, you know, to basically up what he can get. No, um, because again, I. You asked me specifically about the media side of it, so I answered that a bit first. But the other side of it is, from what I've heard, and these are the same, you know, the same guys who obviously didn't really see the Bernardo Silva one coming. But once it, once it was apparently was in Manchester, these were the guys that said, "Yeah, he's at City. He's, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna sign today." And then the next day it was a Derson, and then you know, since then it's developed with Mendy and Walker, and there's been an Alexis as well. Um, but you know, they've been saying as well that you know. Mbappe is somebody that City want. Um, obviously, there was a story on the last, was it the last day of last summer's transfer window that City had made a bid at some point yep. for Mbappe and it was like 40 million euros or something. Yep. Um, so they obviously do want him. Um, well, just based on that, I think it's fair to say they want him. But yeah, I've, I've been told that they do as well. So yeah, I think it's an option. And obviously, I've written this as well with the Van Dijk thing about how Van Dijk was kind of, he was on a list of of centre-back targets, but a centre-back itself isn't the priority. And it depends on all sorts of things. And one of them is Mbappe because, yeah, I think City were kind of wary of, of the money being spoke about. And 
the noise from them a few months ago was Monaco were asking too much. But I think Guardiola's maybe trumped that and said, don't worry about that. And a lot of these sales, that's why a lot of these Kelechi and Roberts sales or whatever are coming into it because if if he is available, and I know there's a lot of talk about him signing a new contract, and yeah, if Monaco do say, okay, we'll sell him, but for a lot of money, I think City will fight Real Madrid all the way for it. Now, I've no idea what, which way that will go because I saw a picture earlier of Mbappe wearing a, a Real Madrid training jacket meeting Cristiano Ronaldo when he was about 14, 15. Yeah, but I saw that hear, earlier on. Did you hear what he said last night after the game? I saw him say, we've got a few offers and we need to sort through them. No, nah, he said, he, they asked him specifically about Real Madrid um, mm. and he and he laughed and it was interesting actually because his reaction was not what what you would expect from, from a footballer. He kind of laughed and he, he did laugh and he said, they've been trying to sign me since I was 14 years old. And it yeah. Was, yeah, oh yeah, no, I did, oh yeah, I have seen that and actually. It was, it was almost, I don't want to say it was dismissive, but... No, I know what you mean, yeah. You see what I mean? There was yeah. There was a little bit there of, I don't know, maybe, again, I'm constructing narratives because obviously I want the boy more than mm. pretty much any attacking player this summer. So in my head, when I saw him say that, I was just like, oh, wow, that's a bit weird. If you're, if you're really close and you really want to sign for Madrid and they're trying really hard and that's what you want to do surely you'd go down the route of absolutely no comment or it's up to Monaco and you see what I mean it was just it was weird to that line well they've been trying to sign me since I was 14 it, I don't know it just it belied something that that didn't feel like it was uh, it didn't make me instinctively think yeah that's wrapped up he's definitely going to Madrid if that makes sense yeah I saw, I see where you're coming from I see where you're coming from with that okay um, so finally Alexis and Mbappe, Alexis or Mbappe? If City can, they'll get both. Um, I, I can't see that happening, but that's their intention. That's why that, I don't know what intention or desire or hope or whatever, but if 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 it's possible, they will awesome. get both. I don't know what that means for anyone else. I'm not getting into that. No, but... we're not going to talk about that. We're just going to talk about the incomings. The, the, yes. That whole squad thing is for Twitter to argue about, if that yeah. makes sense. We'll just sign the players and not Twitter argue about them. Awesome. Listen, Sam, man, thank you so much. That was that was a good, good, solid hour. It was, yeah. Thanks a lot, mate. That I hope was... it was useful. I, I think it was. Um, hmm. Thank you to everybody who listened. Uh, apologies for the big news at the start of the podcast, but we needed to tell you and we wanted to tell you. Um, we will be back with another transfer podcast, I believe at the beginning of next week. And we will be back with Lloyd's review of the season just gone tomorrow. So thank you very much for listening.